often. Um, and remember to him is communion and then to be water baptized. Those are two ordinances in the church. So we're going to talk about those today. And uh, before we have the ushers come forward, I just want to read something on communion. Then I'll read something on water baptism. And hopefully I'll help you all. Uh, understand some more about how water baptism works and why we do it and why we take communion often in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Um, the Assemblies of God have two ordinances. Um, I agree with these two ordinances, I should say. Matter of fact, the Assemblies, which we're part of, have what's called 16 fundamental truths. They take 16 Bible principles and say, hey, these are 16 fundamentals that are like we got to stand on. Like on rock, you know, this is the rock we stand on. So um, there's more than 16 truths, of course, but these are the 16 fundamentals of the assembly. So I'm going to read, um, if I can make this a little bit bigger. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, work. And I'm going to read about, um, uh, let's start with communion. I can get this thing big enough to see. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm going to read right from their 16 fundamentals. It says, The Lord's Supper, consisting of the elements, which is the bread and the fruit of the vine, are symbols expressing our sharing in the divine nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a Bible, um, section of the Bible, and it's in 2 Peter 1.4. Then it's a memorial to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's in 1 Corinthians 11, 25, and 26. And then uh, of the 16 fundamentals, it ends with uh, talking about communion. It's a prophecy of the second coming of Jesus Christ, that he will come again. And that's in 1 Corinthians 11, 26, also at the end of that verse. So every time we do this, Jesus told us, he told us to do this in remembrance of him. So here's something simple that if you get out of this whole message, I hope you get these three little points. One is we should always listen to what Jesus tells us to do. We should always listen to the Word of God. Amen? Is that? We should always trust what the Word of God says. God cannot lie. So we should always trust it. We should listen. We should trust. And then we should just do it. If it says to do this often in remembrance of me, and then he explains what it means, then I think we should do this often in remembrance of him, and then learn and trust what he says it means. So if I can have the ushers come forward, we're going to disperse these elements. And I just want to talk a little bit about communion and what it means. Uh, we were in a Catholic church just the other day for a memorial service, and every time, every single time they gather for a mass or they gather further together in the church they have communion to them it's it's very solemn matter of fact they go a little farther than most they actually say the priest has the authority to turn this in the actual body and blood of Christ we don't go there but in any event they do look at it solemnly like every time they gather they want to do this in remembrance of him so they have it every time I want you to know and understand what the blood of Christ means and what his broken body means. His blood, as we sang today, washes us from all of our sin. Washes us of all of our sin. Washes us of all of our sin. 
Not just some of the sin. Not just some of the issues. His blood washes all. I'm going to ask you a question. Did any of you come in here today with any issue that you're struggling with? Any issue at all? Physically? Emotionally? Spiritually? I'm going to ask this question. Can his blood, Jesus' blood, wash that issue from you? Is anyone struggling with sin of any kind? Is his blood big enough to wash that off you? Is his broken body that he gave in exchange for you worth you dying for? His body was broken so that our body would live. His blood was shed so we would have newness of life. His blood flowing through us. So every single time we partake of the body and blood of Christ, we are showing all of heaven's glory, every person, all the demons, all the angels, everyone out there. I'm associated with the blood of the Lamb, and He's washed me. His broken body was broken for me, and I am healed. And Pastor Brenda spoke on this a couple Wednesdays ago when we took communion, but when we do not discern this properly, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when we don't discern what's going on, when we don't discern the Lord's body, what happens is that there's many sick, there's many weak, and there's many that are dying among us because we're not discerning what the Lord said in communion. What he's saying is, this blood was shed for you so that you wouldn't have to shed your blood. This body was broken for you so you wouldn't have to have a broken body. These things were done so that all the curse of sin would be broken off to you, and I will wash you clean, and I will set you before my throne. You have now become part of the family of the King of the universe, Father God Almighty. Hallelujah. By the blood of the Lamb and by the broken body of Jesus Christ. So let's partake of the broken body first. His body was broken for us so that we might live. Remember this. And before you partake of this, just take a moment, as Amy was saying, take a moment and think and pray. Is there anyone that I've offended? Is there anyone that I'm offended by? Is there anyone that I need to ask for forgiveness of in any way? Is there any issue in my life that I need to lay down? Your body was broken for me. I just lay myself open to you. I lay everything down before you. All offenses, all issues in my life. I am totally broken before you and ask that your life come into me. Now I partake of your broken body in the mighty name of Jesus. the blood his blood was poured out and shed again so that you could have newness of life we're going to talk in a minute about baptism and about death and newness of life but the scripture does say to us that the price that was paid for us he bought us we are bought with a price was his blood and we are owned by him. We are now his temple. He owns the vessel. And because of his ownership and because of his blood flowing through us. 
And when we believe that and understand that and know that and accept that and realize that, there's not much of this world that can get on us when we live in that place. So I accept your blood. I accept your blood sacrifice. I show to the, all the world and all the universe that I've accepted that by drinking, partaking of your blood. Your blood washes over me. There's nothing bigger than your blood, Jesus. There's no issue bigger than your blood. Come on. Let's partake of the blood of Christ. I told Amy she could keep going for a little while. Um, what I'd like to do is um, move right into water baptism. Jesus told us to do this in remembrance of him. But I'm going to share something with you about water baptism. Because next week we're going to have a water baptism here. I'm going to share something with you. Maybe some of you don't know. Every single time in the book of Acts. Every single time in the book of Acts. And I don't have time to go through every single scripture that someone got saved they were water baptized every single time Jesus thought it was very important that when he gave us a great commission he says go and baptize them now baptize being baptized doesn't save you bring salvation neither does communion but Jesus said to do it remember listen trust obey there's a reason why water baptism was instituted as an ordinance. And I'm going to... Well, I'll just go through it. The assemblies basically say it identifies us with Jesus Christ. Water baptism. That we die to ourselves. We raise in newness of life. We become Him. His Holy Spirit comes in us. And we are born again. That word is so loosely used nowadays. But here's the issue with almost all of us that are struggling with sin and struggling with issues in this earth. And I'm going to ask you a simple question and then I'll read it in Romans chapter 6. Can a corpse, can a dead person ever get offended if they're dead? Can a corpse or a dead person ever feel the issues of this world in any way with they the weight of this world all over them they can't they're dead the real issue with many Christians is this they think that somehow I could put Jesus Christ over my flesh and I can continue to do the things I want and he's gonna make me a better person that's not Christianity that's not born again here's what born again is here it is in baptism I go down under the water and I die total death he raises me up in newness of life <laughs> he clothes me in his Holy Spirit I am and I am a completely brand new person the old man has been completely dead never to be raised again but here's what many of us do we cross back over the bloodline take that dead corpse Put it back on over our shoulder. Carry that smelly, rotten, dead corpse all around. And we wonder why the enemy, the Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies, 
sin is attracted to us and why we're having all these issues. We think that somehow we can walk on the fence, as Pastor Brenda said, but we know who owns the fence. It's Satan. You're dead. You're dead. And every time you try to walk in the flesh, you're going to have problems. But when you're alive in Christ and live in Him and allow His Holy Spirit to rule and reign, it's a whole new person. Born again means that you died. Stop trying to think that it just cleans us up somehow and we can live our lives the way we want. Here's another issue. Many of us say, well, I like this sin and I like this little thing and I got this habit and that's just the way I am. You know what? You're walking in the flesh. Because there's only two things, walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. And anytime you say that you that's just the way I am, and that's just all that just has control of me, that means you're walking in the flesh. You come across the bloodline again and put on the flesh. Put on the old man. Either you're dead or you picked up the dead thing and you're wearing it. You're in one of those two places, and there's only two places you can be as a Christian. Jesus said, I've come that you would die to the flesh and have newness of life. That's what water baptism is a picture of. So sometimes we go around and we go up to somebody and say, oh, just say this prayer. And you say this prayer. We say a real quick prayer with them. We walk away and we don't disciple them. We just let them go. And I know the Holy Spirit can get them and change them and all that good stuff can happen. But a lot of time what we're called to do is make salvation of all men. No, we're supposed to make disciples of all people. And if I'm going to disciple her and train her up, I'm going to show her what water baptism means. I'm going to show her that she's dead. That all that old junk, all the stuff that's been hurting you, all the stuff that's all over you, all the stuff from sin, from the fall of man, is dead. And stand up for a minute. Is that alright if I use you? And come on, we're going to walk now in newness of life. All that old stuff is behind you. It's behind you. Don't look back. Come on, we're walking this way. You're walking in newness of life. Amen. It's dead. It's gone. Come on. There's no more sin. Thank you for doing that. You can sit down. I'm, I'm sorry. I should. You know, thank you. Thank you. But what we do is we do this. Here's Jesus taking us in newness of life, and we're trying to like grab onto stuff. It's probably better to read it out of the scriptures. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 15 uh, Mark chapter 16 Mark chapter 16 if you want to turn there Mark chapter 16 verses 15 and 16 we're going to listen to what Jesus says about baptism here by the way who the son sets free is free some of the time isn't that the verse how it goes how does that verse go who the son sets free is so if you're not walking in freedom, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I listen to the truth. I obey the truth. I trust in the truth. So if he sets me free, then I'm free indeed. So if I'm not walking in freedom, I have probably crossed over and got some flesh on me. Here's another thing that Jesus tells us. He says, take up your cross daily and follow me. The baptism picture is a three 165 days a year 24-7 thing that we live in with the mind of Christ I know that I am no longer Neil Hughes in the flesh 
I am the son of the living God with the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. I am a brand new creation. I've been reborn. I've went through the womb again. And the blood and water has been broken. Come on. Women who've had babies know that, you know, water's got to burst first before the baby comes forth. That's a picture of the baptism. We've been rebaptized. We've been reborn. That's why scripture says when Nicodemus was asking, Jesus says you have to be reborn. You have to be born from above. We have to understand and know that if stuff is getting on us, it's so simple to take up our cross daily and say, you know what, Father? You gave me the blood of Christ. He died for me. I think I kind of messed up here. Maybe went back and picked up some junk. Wash me. And Daddy does. And he comes and washes us in the blood of Christ. And makes us new again. Where we go wrong is we think, oh man, I messed up bad that time. And we keep hanging on to all that old stuff. And, and we think that's something bad to us. And pretty soon we get into this mold that I'm no good anymore. We start looking at ourselves in a way of condemnation. And I'm no good. And I get washed again. And if it takes again and again and again, he's willing to make us clean because he loves us so much. Water baptism is a picture of that. Let me read it out of the scriptures there. Here's what Jesus says, and he's, he's given us a great commission. Chapter 16, verse, I'll start with verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Very good. Now look at this verse, 16. And he who believes is baptized and will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. What does Jesus say there? He who believes is what? He who believes is what? Is baptized. Why? Does baptism save us? No, but baptism is so important to the born-again process that we, if we don't train and disciple people what this means, they don't get it. They think that somehow it's putting on, okay, I got saved by Jesus so I can put on Jesus when I want to, and then when I don't want to, I can put him back on the shelf and live my life my own. You don't have a life anymore. It died. When you accepted him as Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Your life is dead completely. The old man is dead. It doesn't matter what you did. I might have been this. I might have been that. I might have been this type of a sinner. I might have had this junk on me. When he washes you clean and you go down and die, that's gone. He didn't then pull you back up and say, okay, now I'm going to wash off the old flesh. It's dead. To walk in the spirit is life. To walk in the flesh is death. He said, and I'll read it again, Jesus, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Salvation is a form of death to an old flesh thing and a new living of a brand new thing. It says in Corinthians that the old man has been made new. Galatians 2.20 We've been baptized into his death. And come on, do you, do you understand what baptism really means? If you're having any issue at all, any issue at all, it may be that you just picked up some of the old flesh again. And it might be that simple just to lay it back down. I believe in people getting together and going through processes 
and we have the healing rooms here and everything but I can tell you very bluntly this because I know it's true out of the Word of God the depression some of the people that come in there I'll just use a few things the illnesses that they're carrying are only symptoms they're only symptoms the real issue is that they picked up the old flesh somewhere somewhere and they got a problem with either God the Father Son and Holy Spirit or they have a problem with themselves and how they see themselves or they have an issue with somebody else but they picked up the old flesh and put it back on themselves and the only answer I can pray and pray and pray with you but the only answer is Jesus Jesus there's no such thing as a 12-step model it's nice that you know we, we got Alcoholics Anonymous and all this stuff but there's really only a one-step model with everything it's Jesus I love that people will go through stuff for a year or two years because I meet with people and they get together and it's nice and they have that time of fellowship but it's a one-step process Jesus in Jesus you're dead in Jesus you are now alive and that's it and if you're having issues then somehow you have to take up your cross daily and die again I've been watching looking at some Facebook posts for some people not here some other people and I looked at him, I was like, whew, this person sure has picked up the flesh again. Wow. Because all they're talking about is me, I, you, kind of that me, 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 me. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Let's read through Romans chapter 6. How you doing, Amy? <laughs> She's, we're going to end with Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, we'll start with verse 3. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Pastor Brenda told us to, to read this, so I'm going to read it to you. We'll start in verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And there it is. Born again means that we were baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. Immersed. Baptism. Baptist means to be immersed we were immersed in his death verse 4 therefore we were buried with him through baptism into his death and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in newness of life dead gone Jesus resurrects us into his resurrection life we are now in newness of life that's born again that's a being a Christian let's go on to the next verse for if we have been united together in his likeness of his death certainly we also shall be in the likeness hallelujah of his resurrection so you know what when we say that we can't earn salvation we can't it's a gift from him and you know it's not a lot of do's and don'ts it's just dying it's just dying and allowing his life now to have full control 24-7, 365. And when we make little mistakes, when we make adjustments, it's because that's called repentance. It's a big religious word, but all it means is like, oops, I put on some of the flesh again. I need to go back and get rid of that stuff and allow his blood to wash over me. And you can do that a lot because you know what? I have to do it a lot because I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to go back and get some of that flesh and put it back on me a lot. And I have to like 
through the day, daily, several times through the day, say, I'm sorry, I put that back on me. Get it off, that stinking corpse of flesh. That flesh is gone. I am a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And I want to walk in your life in me. I want your Holy Spirit to have full control of this vessel. Let's go on to the next verse. Um, I think right verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. If you're a slave to sin, die. It's because you picked it up and put it on the flesh. You are not a slave to sin. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen. Period. Case closed. So if you do have an issue and you've picked up some sin, don't carry it around. What's one of the things we do in the healing rooms is we take the folding chairs and we'll put it in people's hands and say, here's the weight of what you've been carrying around. We'll take one folding chair and say, this is what... Uh, this is and we'll take another chair and put it in their hand this is what this is and we'll put another you know we might have four chairs or three or four chairs in their hands and I say now carry that around with you and sleep with that on you and carry that all over wherever you go you were never meant to carry that weight of that sin that sin is gone and dead Jesus carried the weight to the cross don't go back onto the cross as Pastor Brenda said and pull that stuff off and put it back on you don't do it. Don't do it. It's that simple. Salvation is that simple. And we need to teach and train people that it's all about death. It's all about flesh totally being dead. And if you're having issues, it's almost all the time because you picked up your flesh again in some area of your life. Let's go on to the next verse. Verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin but he who has died has been freed from sin if you stay dead you're free from sin that's what that's saying verse 8 now if we died with Christ we believe that we should also live with him so if he was buried resurrected we're buried resurrected and he says that we will always be with him he says things like this in the scriptures I am the vine all your nourishment, all your strength, everything comes up through me. I am your everything. All your life-giving source comes through the vine and into you. We're the branches that are supposed to take that and produce fruit into the world. Our job is just to yield to his nourishment coming through us, his life coming through us. And as we yield to him and all of his self coming through us, we then become fruitful branches in this earth, bearing fruit. But when we get separated from him and go pick up the flesh again. What does he say of a branch who gets separated from the vine? I won't go there, but you guys who know that scripture. Verse 9, I'm kind of not paying attention here, but I'll read verse 9. Knowing that Christ, has, having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. There's no dominion of death over Jesus Christ ever again. So we can always go to him when we mess up. There's no dominion of death over him. There's no dominion of death over us. We can always get rid of it. No matter what you did, you can always get rid of that junk and come running to him. There's no dominion of death over Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. 
but the life that he lives, he lives unto God. We're dead to sin, we're alive in him, we're living unto God again. And the relationship has been restored between us and Father God. Hallelujah. So, verse 11, and I'll have one more, maybe two verses, and then we'll close. Likewise, also, reckon, and that word reckon means to consider. So, likewise, also, consider yourself to be dead indeed to sin. So, the Bible, Jesus, the Word of God is telling us that we should consider ourselves to be dead to sin. So if there's any sin issue of any kind, let it be dead in you. But you don't understand it's a habit. It's a habit of the old flesh. Yes, it is a habit. But you're not dead anymore. You're either dead or you've picked it up and it is a habit. Any sin issue, any issue, you've picked up the old flesh. And I'm going to tell you, you can't walk in both. I had somebody say, well, I like doing A, B, C, and D, and it's not hurting anybody else, and it's just my issue between God. I don't see that it's a sin. Anything not done in faith is sin. Anything done in the old flesh like that. And if you want to get rid of it, and you've been working on it and working on it, you, you've been working on it in the flesh. And you're not going to get rid of it in the flesh. You have to be dead to get rid of it. Because it will always affect your flesh. That's why he came and did what he did. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? It's eternal life. So likewise, consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. Amen. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12, and we'll close. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey its lust. Our job is in the place of being born again to know and understand what it means that I am actually giving my life over to him in death and he's putting a newness, a brand new life in me called born again, being receiving his salvation and his blood and his body which is broken brings that salvation to me and when I take the act of water baptism and show the whole world that I am dead and I've been put under and my body's gone and he's raising me in the resurrection of new life that I then put that in this heart and this mind so it says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ how do you do that? every single day you know and understand and live in the idea that I'm dead so if this thought is from the dead man I'm not going to accept it I'm only accepting the thoughts of Jesus Christ hallelujah and I'm only accepting what the Holy Spirit says to me if I start thinking things that are not of God I have picked up the flesh somewhere and I repent and turn back and put that dead man back in the ground does that make sense? So let's everybody stand. Father God, I just pray that this message came across simply, that we know and understand that the purpose of Christ's coming is death, burial, and resurrection. So that we would die to sin, die to the old man, die to death. And that we would have newness of life, your life living in us. And I don't know, is there someone here today that maybe has never accepted that sin sacrifice, that sacrifice of Jesus Christ, never heard it that way, never understood that it was more than just a few words that you say, but it was actually a death experience. Maybe there's someone here that's never died to the flesh. 
And I just give you the opportunity to make that choice now. Today's the day of your salvation. Today is your day. This is not about religion. This is not about going to a church even. This is about being free from death and junk and the crud of this world. Come on. That's been on you. Letting go of that and allowing his blood to wash you. His power of his spirit to come into you and make you a totally new person. Every single one of you were born with a destined purpose and a plan from God. And maybe the enemy has messed you over big time. And maybe you've been walking in some really cruddy stuff. And maybe some stuff just really got all over you. You think you're too dirty. And Jesus says, there's nothing bigger than my blood. There's nothing more important than my blood. There's nothing that cannot be washed by my blood. And I want to wash you completely. I want to put you under and let that old flesh dirtiness come off you. That death be hit upon you. I want to make you alive in a newness and resurrect you in me. Come on. That's what he wants to do today. So I want to be able to pray with anybody like that. I want to make sure that they know and understand that. Is there anybody that wants to do that today for the first time? Or, or maybe you've done it before, but you didn't understand it. Raise your hand really high and I will make sure that I pray with you. Anyone like that? And it's okay to let people see it. You know what? It's not between them and you. It's between God and you. God loves you. Just wait for a minute. I want to make sure everybody here has made that decision to become born again. Anybody want to become born again today? Okay. Then, Christians, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Has anything been getting on you lately? Is there any issues in your life? Is there anything that's maybe giving you a hard time lately? Is there anything that you've been struggling with at all? Think about that for a moment. Is there anything you want to get free of today? Jesus is saying, who I set free, I am the Son. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And he's not a liar. He can do that for you. You may say, well, that's too high in the sky. I've been trying too hard. Yeah, you've been trying too hard in the flesh. And what he's saying is let go, die to yourself, and let me do it for you. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. Hey, I'm the son of the living God, the most high. My blood was shed so that I could do this for you. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. No one can earn salvation. It's a gift. So Christian, if there's something that's been bothering you today, we always ask to make an altar here and use this altar for a time of just asking him. Is there anything you need to repent of? I know I repent many times through the day. It says take up your cross daily and follow him. Don't carry that stuff for even a minute. Once the Holy Spirit pricks your heart, once you know what's wrong, kill it. Let it die. Let it be off of you. Don't carry it anymore. Amen? No more. Um, I'm going to have you repeat after me. I'm not going to carry sin's weight anymore. It's dead by the blood of Christ. I am a new person born again in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If we can have the worship team come on up, we're going to have one more song. 
And during that uh, last song, I just want you to seal this in your heart and make sure. This is the most important time of any service. Is the altar ministry time when you make a decision in your life and in heart. Is there anything I can repent? Is there anything I need to do? Is there anything I can lay before you, Jesus? If I want to go deeper, if I want to go farther into the presence of God, what can I do? Show me. Lead me. Take some time right now before the altar. Don't leave before they end this song, but um, just take some time. So I'm going to just ask those who want prayer, I'm going to have some of the altar team come on up here. Deb and Missy, and we're going to have uh, Crystal, some of the altar team up here so they can pray for you individually. But there's an area up here we call it the altar. It's a place of decision. Let's make some decisions today. So I'm going to ask you, I can't force you, but I'm going to ask folks to come on up. Come on forward. Come on forward. Make some decisions today. Christians, is there any area in your life, Christians, that you'd like